past number of weeks, we've been talking about stones and living stones and what those all mean and uh, what does this stone mean and what does a living stone mean. Uh, Today is a little bit of a continuation of that. Uh, The office or the position of deacon or servant uh, has a lot of uh, meaning to it. Uh, The religious world, not very clear on that. You go to a lot of all the different churches that call themselves churches and ask them what a deacon is or ask them what their religious titles are or how they're organized, and you'll find a huge variety of descriptions and hierarchies and organizations and all that. The Bible, not so much. Uh, The Bible's pretty trimmed down. Uh, not a very big hierarchy at all. Philippians 1.1, when Paul wrote to the church in Philippi, he said to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi, along with the elders and the deacons. Now, that's how he addressed the local church. He said to all the saints there, and there's elders and deacons there. Uh, not much more than that can you find in the New Testament. The word deacon itself is a little bit like the word baptism. It's not translated in our Bible. Uh, When people, when the translators back in 1611 got to the word baptizo for baptism, they just said, well, we'll just call it baptism. It sounds like baptizo. They didn't translate it. The translation would have been immersion. They didn't translate it. Uh, When they got to the word for deacon, they didn't translate it. In fact, they didn't even transliterated. They just used it. Uh, The Greek word for deacon is diakonos. Sounds exactly like deacon. So they just called it deacon. Now, uh, Vine's Dictionary says that deacon primarily denotes a servant, whether as doing servile work or as an attendant rendering free service. Listen to this. Without particular reference to its character. So deacon is kind of a strange word. It's a a title in one sense, but it's really just a description of servant. And we're not used to that kind of thing. Uh, We go to a job interview at some company, and we want to know what the title is and what all the job description is and what the qualifications are and what skills you need and all of that. A Interview for deacon would kind of go like this. I've got a job for you. It's a service job. Okay, well, what's the title? Well, servant. Well, what will I be doing? Serving. That's about all we get from the Bible. Uh, The Bible doesn't specify anything else, basically. Um... It's very generic. It doesn't say anything about a specific function or or a specific service. You just serve, and you're just called a servant. And the Bible really doesn't distinguish in a real clear way uh, between this office that we're going to talk about of deacon and just serving. For instance, in Acts chapter 6, The church started out and the apostles were running things because the church was brand new. 
Uh, everybody was a brand new Christian. Can you imagine being in a church when everybody was a brand new Christian? Uh, they came from all different backgrounds. They knew all sorts of different things, but they were brand new in following Jesus Christ. And so the apostles were in control there in Jerusalem, and they were trying to take care of everything. And the widows, some of them, needed food, and they weren't getting fed. So in Acts chapter 6, in the verse, first six verses, the apostles said, we need to do something about this. So they went to the church and they told the church, you pick out some servants. We think we need about seven men to do this. And we need seven men with a, with a good character and full of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to put them in charge of that. And then we can keep working on the spiritual things and praying and all of that. Those are the first servants that were set aside in the New Testament. And it just calls them servants. It doesn't say they had any particular office or any particular uh, official title to them. Uh, they just served. That was what they were put in charge of. Now, when we get over what was already read to you there in First Timothy 3, is the first time we see this distinction as a servant being just a little bit different in the office or with the title of servant. And in 1 Timothy 3, Paul is telling Timothy, here's how you organize a local church. You have some overseers, and that's the first seven verses, are about overseers or elders or bishops. We know about them pretty well. And then he says, deacons, servants. Likewise, and he, he lists what they're like. And here's another difference from the world. If you want a job, you go to a job interview. The thing that you read that decides whether you can do that job or not is, in one sense, qualifications. But it's all qualifications pretty much about skills. I can do this. I'm familiar with this. I've done this before. There's not a skill listed here. What Paul tells Timothy to look for is not particular skills, but you look for character. You look for a certain kind of person to be a servant. Let's just go through those very quickly. Um, what he's describing is this role or office or uh, position of servant to the church. And it's not a teaching office. It's not a ruling or a governing office like overseers. Uh, we get the picture from Acts 6 that it's, it's complementary to elders. It, it, they just serve the church in particular ways that need served. Uh, we seem to see that they deal with material things, with practical things. Uh, they're responsible for church funds. That was what the first seven servants had to do, is just, I mean, they didn't have bank accounts and all that like we do. They'd take up a collection. People would give money. They would sell their property or whatever and give money, and the deacons would get a bag of coins and have to go off and feed the widows with it. They had to be responsible uh, with finances. So when we see all that, these qualifications start to make a little more sense. This description of character. The first thing he says in verse 8 there, he says they must be men worthy of respect. 
worthy of respect. Uh, they have to be honorable men. They have to be known as honorable men. They have to be respected, not just by the church, but those outside the church, like Brother Rob mentioned. Then he says they need to be sincere. Now, depending on your translation, you may have a little different word there. Uh, one says, not double-tongued. An old translation. We got a question about that on Know Your Bible the other day. What's double-tongued mean? Well, that's somebody that would say one thing to somebody and something else to somebody else. And not straight, not telling it straight all the time. Would uh, say somebody... Praise somebody. They say, Brent, that was a great song leading this morning. And Brian, I don't think Brent did too good this morning. Okay? That's double-tongued. Okay? Now, that's not the way a, as a deacon should be. Sincere. Uh, one translation says, not deceitful. It's a good translation of that. Not deceitful. When they say it, they mean it. The next thing he says is, not indulging in much wine. Now, the Bible's real clear about the dangers of alcohol uh, in this culture uh, that Paul lived in and all that. Wine was the only alternative to water. And they drank wine. But they didn't, one translation says, not staying long at wine. Uh, they didn't drink much of it. And he says a deacon shouldn't be the kind of man that drinks a whole lot. Not pursuing dishonest gain is the next thing he says. Uh, one translation, not greedy for money. See, back then, they saw people like that. The scribes that were that worked in the Pharisees and some of them, uh, Jesus accused them of devouring widows' houses. Yeah? They took care of widows, but they might end up with all that laid widows' property. If they were deceitful, if they were greedy for money, all of that. These men, these people that are going to serve and be responsible for finances and, and responsible for benevolence and other kinds of things like that, can't be interested in money like that. And when you're serving people, there is an opportunity to do that. You have to be very, very careful about that. I think I've told you this story before, but I had a Know Your Bible viewer that uh, called me occasionally and got to be fairly familiar with me. And one day he called and he started telling me that he thought he was getting pretty close to the end. And he started telling me all the things he had and all the wonderful stuff he had accumulated. And then he got around to saying, I want you to be the executor of my estate. You may have heard somebody say no quickly before, but not as quickly as I said no. No, I didn't know. I don't want any part of that. Uh, no, that, that's, that, that's too much temptation. That's too much of the world would look and say, look what this guy did. That's not the role. You have to stay away, away from any impropriety or possibility of it there. Okay. There's a possibility in the service of a deacon to take advantage of people. Okay? You'd have to understand the rest of the story to see how dangerous it really was because he was, had disowned all his family and all of that. He wanted to give me a key to his house. And when I heard he died, he wanted me to come in and take care of everything. 
Anybody see any potential problems there with family? Whew. Anyhow, you've you got to be careful about that. And so that's why this is in there, not pursuing dishonest gain. Then he says, they must hold to the faith with a clear conscience. They don't have to just be good guys, but they've got to understand the faith. They've got to understand the principles of salvation, the principles of what God says, who God is, and His relationship with man, and all of that. Their life and their doctrine have got to match. They ought to understand what this book says. First John is all about people's belief and their behavior. They got to go hand in hand. Okay. Now we're going to skip verse ten and eleven for just a moment. Let's jump on down to verse. Uh, Twelve, it says, a deacon must be the husband of one wife and must manage his children and his household well. All right? Good family man. That's all that boils down to. One man, uh, one woman man, he has one wife and he manages his house well. He's a good family. He's been successful at raising a family. Okay. Now let's jump back up to 10 and 11. Uh, Verse 11 talks about the wives. Says in the same way, their wives are to be women worthy of respect, not malicious talkers, but temperate and trustworthy in everything. Okay, not malicious talkers. You see the requirement for that. What's a deacon do? What's a servant do? He gets involved in people's lives. He gets involved in helping people if it's in the area of benevolence, which I think almost all the New Testament deacons were, that was what they were busy doing. Uh, but all deacons get involved in people's lives. Uh, so he needs a helper suitable for that. Uh, all wives are supposed to be helpers suitable for their husbands, but a deacon needs a special kind of helper. Needs one that is not a malicious talker, that doesn't gossip, that doesn't repeat what she learns and has to tell. In many cases, a deacon needs his wife to go with him in a certain situation, to be part of that service. Then it says she needs to be temperate. That means balanced judgment, good judgment, self-control, and trustworthy in everything, reliable. Then the last thing he says in verse 10, they need to be tested. They need to be not a rookie, basically. Uh, they need to be tested. They need to have a little bit of experience. And then once they've been examined and proved to be this kind of character, they can serve as a deacon. Well, that's all Paul says about it. In fact, that's all the Bible says about it. This describes the character, uh, a certain kind of person and with a certain kind of wife. Bible doesn't say anything about how old they ought to be, how long they ought to serve, how to select them. It just says the couple needs to be like this. Yeah. Now, that means that God trusted us to decide how to select and appoint deacons. And every congregation does it a little bit differently, I'm sure. Uh, I think Northside has a great process. I think we've come up with a process that really works, that uh, really serves Northside. There's a couple of differences about it than what most people do, I think. 
uh, we've decided on a two-year cycle, and we've been doing that for I don't know how many years, quite a while, uh, 10 or 12, 12, okay. Anyhow, two-year cycle is what we've set up, and emphasis on we've set up. You know, that's not in the Bible. It just says, if you're going to have deacons, here's what they've got to be like. We've decided this is a good way to do it. Uh, with a two-year cycle, that allows changes to happen, and things do change. Some congregations, you made a deacon, you're a deacon for life. Uh, There's no way to change anything about it. And that's not always the best way to do things. The congregation changes. Our needs change. What we need service in change. Uh, New people arise that meet these qualifications and prove themselves as servants. Uh, Families change where jobs or other things change where a man may not have time. To serve as a deacon. It takes some time and effort. Uh, so you put all that together, the two-year cycle's pretty expedient, pretty orderly. Uh, we match men in a ministry, something that they have a, a love for, an interest in, a desire to do, and try to match that up. Uh, every two years, we sit down and review that. Uh, we visit with the current deacons, say how things go, and we get different answers. Some of them say, I love this. You know, I'm fully occupied. i got all I can do. I love what I do. I think I'm doing a good job, and I want to keep doing it. Uh, some of them say, you know, this, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. I'm not as good at this as I thought I might be, and uh, I think somebody else can do it better, or um, I'd just like to try something different. That's okay. That's, that's good. And some say, no, I've changed jobs and I'm working 80 hours a week and I just can't do this anymore. I need to take a break. I need to step down. Um, some say, something's changed in my family. You know, we get where we have to take care of parents or maybe something else happens and we, we just don't have the time to do what we once did. So this gives everybody an opportunity to, to say, yes, I need a change or no, I don't. Uh, this year we've got four men who are stepping down. Things have changed in their family. Things have, uh, are a little bit different than they were two years ago. And they'd like to take a break. Uh, doesn't mean they don't meet these qualifications. They still do. Uh, they may be choose to serve as a deacon again in two years in some other area or something. But this year we've got four that uh, have told us they would like to, to step down, take a break from what they've been doing. Uh, Tristan Block has been working with local evangelism, uh, as has Paul Harrington. And both of them with young families have decided to take a break right now. Uh, Ted Davis has been handling the ambassadors for years and years and years, and he's decided that it's time for somebody a little bit uh, younger to jump in there and tackle ambassadors. Hadn't found that person yet, but we're looking for him. And Ted's graciously agreed to keep things rolling in that great ministry uh, until we do find that perfect person. But uh, he's admitted he's ready for to step down from that. Uh, and Jim Weathers has been working with our facilities for the last couple of years uh, and has decided he would like to take a break from that. So those four men are stepping down from the office of deacon. Uh, we thank you for all you've done. Uh, and I know that you're going to continue to serve Northside in lots of ways. We appreciate their service. In fact, we're having a dinner for them tonight, uh, dinner for them and all the other deacons and ministry leaders 
following services this evening, and uh, we'll honor them a little bit more then. So after we find out that, who wants to step down for a while, uh, we look for open ministry. Sometimes we need to do service, new things done. Uh, look for men who meet these qualifications, who have proven that they can serve and want to serve. Uh, they're approached about that. Uh, those that agree are put before the congregation like we did a couple of weeks ago. And uh, if everything goes as the plan, then those men are appointed as deacons. It's a good system. It works well. Now, this year we've got 11 men continuing to serve as deacons. And I'm going to put their pictures on the screen one at a time. Uh, Jim gets to be first because his name begins with A. And uh, as I go through these pictures, we're going to ask these men to come to the front few rows here and sit, uh, if you would. So, Jim, you get to come up first. Jim's serving as uh, over the adult class leaders and helping to develop the classes. He's done a great job at that. Uh, next one is, oh, I've got a list here. I don't have to say that. Jerry Clothier is over the library and has been for many, many years. Charles Gardner is in charge of our worship services and selecting song leaders and uh, deciding how we do worship. Craig Greenwood has been over family camp for a number of years and uh, in charge of that huge event and makes that happen every year. Uh, Joe Holmes is over small accounts payable in the finance area. Takes care of getting everybody reimbursed for what all the ministries spend. Uh, Tim Cachero is over our ushers and keeps things moving at the back of the auditorium and hopefully moving toward the front of the auditorium, but best he can with the ushers. Uh, Sean Litton has been over Know Your Bible Finance for many years and takes good care of the books, and we keep all of that separate from the Northside contribution, so he's in charge of that. Greg Sandlin is over finance for all of the church, and a uh, huge job that he handles very, very well. Ben Tyson is over the children's ministry and takes care of children's training hour and a number of activities for our kids. Uh, Mike Ullman has been working with Benevolence for the last couple of years and has developed some good helpers in that area, but uh, helps a whole lot with folks that need a little, little help out, a little hand up. And uh, finally, Tony Weber is the 11th of our deacons that are continuing in their position. Uh, Tony's over the greeters and makes sure that we put a good welcoming face at the front door. All right, so those men are uh, the ones that are continuing. Uh, they're seated on front row now. Uh, we have two men that are going to begin their service as deacon. And uh, I'm going to ask them and their wife uh, to come up one at a time, and uh, we'll see if we can get them up on stage here. So first of all, Cole and Jennifer Douglas, would you come up? They have three young sons, as you can see, uh, Brennan, Branton, and Brody. Cole and Jennifer have been around Northside for a long time. Jennifer's been around most of her life, and... Uh, Found Cole. Yeah, come on up there. And uh, we approved of him becoming a part of the Northside family, so he's here. Uh, 
they have been very involved in uh, training kids, children training hour, a lot of children's activities, a lot of the safari wing, uh, small groups now, uh, just involved in many, many things. Uh, Cole's one failure is his attendance record isn't as good as Jennifer's. Uh, he, you don't see him all the time on Sunday morning, uh, but he has a good excuse. Uh, he is off working for the kingdom. He does a lot of fill-in preaching. Uh, in a number of places around the area, and uh, that's good for two reasons, or exemplary for two reasons. Number one, he's helping other congregations out and loves to do that, but Jennifer also has an added burden then. She and she gets the three boys here faithfully and still gets everything taken care of. So a uh, great young couple. Uh, Cole is going to step into working with local evangelism, and we're looking forward to him doing that. Uh, Jennifer is very busy around family camp time, actually a lot before family camp. last few years she's been over the, the children's uh, education part of family camp. Huge job. So very active young couple. Uh, glad to have you part of this family serving as a deacon. And Justin and Donna Harold are the other two, if you'd come up. They have two children, Addison and Clark. Are their children. They've also been at uh, Northside for quite a while. Uh, very active in children's activities also. Uh, you see them a lot down in the safari wing, both of them working at teaching and guiding and doing things in the safari wing. Uh, very happy to take the leadership in many roles when things are needed to be taken care of. Uh, you can count on these two to jump in. Uh, Justin has a special interest, special love in small groups. Uh, that's the area that the elders have asked him to serve in. He's agreed to uh, oversee that area and get our small group ministry off to a good start. Already has it off to a good start, but to continue to uh, mature it and grow it. So uh, also a very active young couple here at Northside. All right, I'm going to ask the elders to come up and stand on this side of me, if you would. The elders are getting good at coming up to the stage. They've been doing that pretty regularly the last few weeks. So if you'd assemble over there, I want to say just a couple of things to uh, first the men here on my right, Cole and Justin, and then to their wives. Uh, Cole and Justin, uh, you've heard me describe from First Timothy what a deacon is, uh, what their character is. Uh, this family believes that you are men worthy of respect. Uh, this family believes you are sincere and honest. Uh, you've been tested. They have nothing against you. Uh, you women, Jennifer and Donna, this family believes that you are worthy of respect. I believe that you are not malicious talkers, that you are temperate, that you are trustworthy in all things. Uh, together as couples, this family believes that you're working at raising your children the right way in a home where God is first. Uh, therefore, this family wishes you to serve this family as deacons and as deacons' wives, and I'm proud to ask you to do that. Uh, the elders have already asked you, and you've agreed, so I'm going to ask one of the elders to pray at this time over you. Brother Brian, if you'd do that. And about me, please. God Almighty, who is worthy 
all our praise, worthy of all our love, worthy of all our service. Every believer here has voluntarily subordinated our will to yours and desire only to do what you'd have us to do. God, occasionally we have disobeyed. We sorrow for that and beg your forgiveness. We have also obeyed at times when it has been very difficult, God, and we know that sometimes those things happen. But, God, we have also obeyed and experienced the soaring, transcendent joy of working hand-in-hand with the creator of the universe. And we're thankful for those times, God. Every Christian serves. These men, women, will serve in a specific way. We pray for them, the things that they do. Pray for their wives as they will sacrifice undoubtedly for their husband's service. And we pray for the families that will also change in some subtle ways because men are doing work for you. We pray for all of us in whatever areas that we bow and serve you. We work as one, as a congregation, to glorify you to the best of our understanding, to the best of our ability. We pray these things in your Son Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. And you elders can return to your wives if you would. And I want you, uh, you wives, may go back to your children and... uh, Cole and Justin, if you'd go down and get in the midst of these guys. In fact, all you elder, uh, deacons, please stand up. Kind of line up across the front of the stage here. And I'll ask you to face the family, if you would. Yeah, get in here with them. You're deacons now, so get in there with them. <laughs> okay, these are the men that are recognized as deacons or servants of the family here at Northside. And I want to just say to the whole group, uh, while the family looks at you, that uh, you men and your wives are a key part of Northside, a very key part of the, the structure and the success and the personality of Northside. And I want to thank all of you together for living the kind of lives that Paul specified as worthy of the honor of deacon. Uh, we as a family want to thank you for having the kind of attitude Uh, that made you serve the body long before you became deacons, uh, before you were recognized as a deacon. Uh, Thank you for having the heart of a servant. Uh, Elders, I want to commend you for your wisdom and decisiveness in selecting men to serve as deacons. We're blessed to have the shepherds that we have. Uh, Deacons, you can return to your family seats if you would. And remember that you got to come back up here in just a few minutes for the official photograph. So, after services. All right, we've spent our sermon time this morning recognizing a special group of servants. Uh, if you think those men are the only servants at Northside, uh, number one, you don't know the Bible, and number two, you don't know Northside. Uh, the Bible says we're all servants. It says we all serve each other. We all submit to each other. And at Northside, that's especially true. Uh, we've been done so much talk about our reunion and our anniversary and all that that maybe I've been thinking about what sets Northside apart more, but I think that's one of the things is we have so many servants 
around here. Uh, if something needs done, uh, it gets done. Someone takes care of it. Uh, we just have a very serving family. There is some distinction between those men that were just before you and all the other Christians here, uh, but it's not a very big distinction. Uh, the biggest distinction in the world is between the followers of Christ and those who don't follow Him. The Bible's very clear about that. The Bible divides the whole world into two groups. Uh, the Bible calls them the saved and the lost. And as we close this morning, we always want to give people the opportunity to re- respond to what they know to do if they know it. Uh, there may be some here who believe in Christ but have never obeyed Him in baptism. Uh, the Bible says you're not following Him then. Uh, if you want to be a follower of Christ this morning and respond to Christ's invitation, we'd be happy to help you. Today would be a great day uh, to cross over from the lost to the saved. If you need to respond, come. Let's stand and sing.